Blessed is the man who walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is on the law of the Lord, and on his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Welcome to the Bread of the Word podcast, a podcast striving to feast on God's Word and let the Bible speak to us all. Let us, as a former generation said, go ad fontes to the fountain and be nourished and sustained by all that God is. Let's dig in together. Hello, welcome back to the Bread of the Word podcast, where we go ad fontes to the fountain, to the Word of God, to be nourished and sustained by all that God is, as he has revealed himself to us. My name is Tyler, and we are starting a new series on the Bread of the Word podcast, as we are going to begin walking verse by verse the book of Job. That is a long book, and is a book that is often not preached anymore. Um, I can't speak for every church on the planet, of course, but I have never sat in a church that preach verse by verse of the book of Job. I've actually had the opportunity, um, my pastor recently preached a few sermons doing an overview of the book of Job, and it's the first time I'd actually heard Job preached in a church. I'll actually put links to that in the bio if you're interested in looking at Job from uh, 30,000 feet. Um, over, brief fly over the book of Job. But Job is a book that has challenged many people. It is intimidating sometimes. It is it's a hard book. It's a hard book with hard truths. And so what we are going to do with Job is be taught by God. To sit at his, at his feet and let the Spirit illuminate who he is. So without further ado, let us read the first five verses in the book of Job. There was a man in the country of Uz named Job. He was a man of complete integrity who feared God and turned away from evil. He had seven sons and three daughters. His estate included 7,000 sheep and goats, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys, and a very large number of servants. Job was the greatest man among all the people of the East. His sons used to take turns having banquets at their homes, and they would send an invitation to their three sisters to eat and drink with them. Whenever a round, a round of banqueting was over, Job would send for his children and purify them, rising early in the morning to offer burnt offerings for all of them. For Job thought, perhaps my children have sinned, having cursed God in their hearts. This was Job's regular practice. So some of us are familiar with how Job progresses, and things kind of take a turn for Job. But we have this picture right here of this guy named Job. He lives in the land of Uz. And he he does very well. He is very well put off. And essentially what we are doing is what God will question Satan of in the next section. Have you considered my servant Job? And so let us consider his servant Job. 
there was a man in the country of Uz named Job. And Uz, um, if you look it up on a map of the ancient Near East, Uz is just outside of what we call Canaan. Uh, he is actually a descendant of Shem, one of the sons of Noah. And so he is just just over the Jordan. He's a little bit outside of the land that would become Israel. And so it is the land of Shem. And he is, as it says, a man of complete integrity. <clears throat> so he is a descendant of Abraham. He is of the Shemite lineage. And it says that he was a man of complete integrity. And in the original languages, that, that word complete is difficult to translate. Because it's been used a couple different ways. Um, typically, in English Bibles... Um, the word is translated in Job and some of the Psalms as complete. But in other places, it appears as undefiled, or even as coupled, or yoked. So he was a man of complete integrity, is how the CSB renders that. But the word could also reference an oxen yoke, as it does in the book of Numbers. And I think the imagery there is the idea that <clears throat> Job is yoked, to God. He is coupled to God. He is undefiled by the world and also coupled to God. And that's a picture of holiness, that we are set apart from the world and set apart unto God. And I can't think of a better illustration than Matthew chapter 11 when we talk about yokes. So we will flip over there for a moment. Matthew chapter 11 verse 28 <clears throat> it says come to me all who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest take up my yoke and learn from me because I am lowly and humble in, in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light and there are some challenges with understanding what Jesus meant by yoke, what kind of yoke. And I believe that um, he's referring to an oxen yoke. The imagery there then becomes what we see in places like Numbers with the idea of being yoked together, of being coupled together. Not in the sense that we have to team up with Jesus, but in the sense that we are united with who he is. We are, we are united with Christ. That we are in stride as it says in Galatians, if we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us walk in stride. Because we are to be yoked with God. And so I believe that you could say that Job was yoked by God. Thereby, he is a man of complete integrity. And it goes on to define that um, as one who feared God and turned away from evil. Two things fears God and turns away from evil. And we see that verbatim in Proverbs chapter 3. This is a later book. Um, I, I believe, as some of the scholars that have wrestled with this do, that Job is a very old book. We're not sure exactly how old, but I believe that Job predates the Proverbs, the Psalms, um, it predates Solomon, some of this, and so some of what we see in the books of Solomon, I think, parallels with Job because Job came first. And so Proverbs 3 7 says, Don't be wise in your own eyes. 
fear the Lord and turn away from evil. So Job is a man who is coupled with God in the sense that he fears God and turns away from evil, that he recognizes God as who he is and then acts accordingly. He turns away from evil. He recognizes this is not something I am to be a part of because my very existence is bound up in the presence of God, that every ounce of my life sits before the face of God. And so Job acts accordingly. He turns away from evil and reverences God. And it says that he had seven sons and three daughters. His estate included 7,000 sheep and goats, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys, and a very large number of servants. First off, that points to a considerable amount of material wealth in the ancient Near East. By those ancient standards, he is very well off. <clears throat> but additionally, all those numbers adds up to 10. And some get a little deeper into the numerology and what 10 might mean in comparison with other passages. That's not what I necessarily think is going on here. But there's a pattern. 7 and 3. 5 and 5. 7 and 3. That he <clears throat> continues to make 10s. And so I believe this is a picture of one of the amount of wealth that had been given to Job by God, but also speaks of the completeness of Job, that he is a man of complete integrity, that this speaks to the completeness of what he has. That everything he is and everything he has is complete. That he is altogether before the face of God. He is altogether... God's man. And it says Job was the greatest man among all the people of the East. Job was the greatest man among all the people of the East. He was the greatest. Why? Because he is given all this stuff by God. So materially, as far as wealth goes, he is the greatest in the East. Because God granted him these things. But additionally, he is also greatest among the East. Why? Because he fears God and turns away from evil. Not just materially, but morally. Job is a righteous man, as evidenced by these two things. And one thing that will be confronted in the book of Job is our understanding of wisdom, our understanding of rewards and the way the world works. Um, in the East, the general theory as to how the world works is that it was kind of like karma, that you do good and you get good, you do bad and you get bet get bad. And so for Job to have all this wealth was because Job was a good person. And while the, the initial passage doesn't seem to negate that, what we recognize is that these are things he's been given. He fears God and turns away from evil, and he enjoys these things. <clears throat> and one thing we'll be confronted with is what happens when those things are taken away. And what happens to Job? What does it say about God? These are some of the questions that we will unpack in Job, because Job asks a lot of questions. But for now, let us consider Job, who, is, who fears God and turns away from evil and enjoys certain benefits, <clears throat> because God has given him from his own abundance these things. 
verse 4. His sons used to take turns having banquets at their homes. They would send an invitation to their three sisters to eat and drink with them. So again, we've got ten. Whenever a round of banqueting was over, Job would send for his children and purify them, rising early in the morning to offer burnt offerings for all of them. For Job thought, Perhaps my children have sinned, having cursed God in their hearts. This was Job's regular practice. So his kids are all grown up. They're all doing their thing. They are living on their own. And Job has set himself almost as a mediator in their, in their stead. And this is an interesting dynamic that Job has set himself as almost like a priest. And the, this is one of the reasons that I believe the book is very, very ancient is there's no established priesthood laid out in this book. It doesn't talk about the Levites. It doesn't talk about the temple or anything, but he offers offerings where he is. That he sets himself in some ways as the mediator of his family. So I think this predates much of the history of Israel, which is, it's a very old story. <clears throat> but the point is that Job offers himself as a mediator for his kids. That he sacrifices on their behalf. So we have a man who is of complete integrity, who truly fears God, who truly turns away from evil, and who offers himself, he places himself as a mediator between his kids and God. I believe this points us to the character of Christ. That in some ways Job points us to Christ. In some ways, Job typifies Christ. That there are patterns that Job takes that remind us of what Christ did, what Christ is doing. Because Christ, it says in Hebrews, ever liveth to make intercession. That he is actively engaging with the Father as our mediator. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 5. <clears throat> Hebrews 5 says, For every high priest taken from among men is appointed in matters pertaining to God for the people to offer both gifts and sacrifices for sins. He is able to deal gently with those who are ignorant and are going astray, since he is clothed also with weakness. Because of this, he must make an offering for his own sins as well as for the people. No one takes his honor on himself. Instead, a person is called by God, just as Aaron was. So we've got a picture of the priesthood, a picture of mediators. That <clears throat> This is someone who is appointed in matters pertaining to God to offer sacrifices for sins on behalf of the people. So he goes before God to intercede for his people. For Job, that was his house. That was his family that he interceded on their behalf and purified them by his sacrifices. Because he was able, But he was able to deal gently with those who were ignorant and going astray because he was also clothed with weakness, that he wasn't just this authority with a, a rod of iron that was browbeating people into conformity or anything. But he was truly broken for his kids, that he genuinely wanted to see them reconciled to God. 
and took the steps to do so. So he sacrifices daily on the off chance that they may have cursed God, either by their words or by their actions. <clears throat> this was his daily practice. Not just because they had banquets. It says they did that annually. But he practiced daily. <laughs> and no one takes this honor on himself, it says in Hebrews. Instead, a person is called by God. In the same way, Christ did not exalt himself to become a high priest, but God, who said to him, You are my son, today I have become your father, also says in another place, You are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. During his earthly life, he offered prayers and appeals with loud cries and tears to the one who was able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverence. Although he was the son, he learned obedience from what he suffered. And after he was perfected, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. And he was declared by God a high priest according to the order of Melchizedek. <clears throat> so just as Job was a mediator for his family, so there is also a greater mediator in the person and work of Christ who became a man, who clothed themselves in our weakness, that he may deal gently with the ignorant and those who are going astray. And he died in the place of sinners. He died in our place for our sins. And not only was he the priest, as the, was the mediator in that sense, but he was also the sacrifice. Because perhaps my children have sinned, having cursed God in their hearts. And so Christ offered himself in our place. <clears throat> and he died a sinner's death. But he was raised because he is God, and he could not stay dead. And when he, when he was raised, he revealed himself to some, and he ascended into heaven, where he now continues his work as mediator, as priest, as intercessor. <clears throat> he ever liveth to make intercession for us. That what was Job's regular practice is also his regular practice of going before God on our behalf, of interceding for us. Because he has clothed himself in our weakness, that he is one who is sympathetic to our cause. <clears throat> but he is also something greater than the priesthood of Aaron because he did not die. He did not abdicate his role to another. But he lives forever. He has become a priest forever by the order of Melchizedek, by the pattern of Melchizedek in Genesis 14, I believe it is, when Melchizedek blesses Abraham. Because Melchizedek, I believe, is an appearance in the Old Testament of Christ, of the incarnate image of the invisible God, that Christ revealed himself in a shadow in the Old Testament, in a way that takes greater meaning and understanding to us with the New Testament. And so by that pattern, Christ has become our priest forever. 
Why? Because he intercedes for us. He is glorified in reserving for himself a people and presenting to the Father a people without spot or blemish. And so he is actively working to present us as his blood-bought people without spot or blemish before the Father. And until then, he intercedes on our behalf. He, <clears throat> he is our mediator. He is our, I guess you could say, our middleman to God. We go to God through Christ. That is our access to God. Through Christ, we have given, been given access to God and peace with God. And so just as Job had a regular practice of going before God on behalf of his household, so Christ goes before the Father on the behalf of the children of God that we would be purified by his work, which is still incomplete. Those of us who are in Christ, who have repented and believed, we are actively being purified through the priestly work of Christ. And what Job teaches us is the earnesty with which Christ does that work. In these opening verses. Because just as Job was mediator of his family, so Christ is mediator of a greater family. And as we tra transition through the book of Job, <clears throat> there are things with Job that point us to Christ, that point us to the beauties of Christ, of his gospel, of how precious Jesus truly is. And when things go awry with Job, we have to ask ourselves the same question, just how precious is God? Just how precious is Christ when things are not going well? Because right now his regular practice is to offer sacrifices, is to go to God when there is a possibility that my children have sinned. And things are going to take a turn for Job. And the question we will continue to ask is, how precious is God when things do not go well? And so in the words of God, have you considered my servant Job, who in a lot of ways is a type of Christ in the Old Testament? Have we considered him? <clears throat>